0: bless them. And, and uh, so sometimes God doesn't always make sense to us, does he? Like I wish he would listen to my directions sometimes. I um, wouldn't be too good, would it? I'm glad he doesn't listen to me and I'm really glad he doesn't listen to you. But, <laughs> but in, the, in the book of Jonah and, and just this kind of this theme even from Sunday school to listening to, to Brandon's story and Rachel's story and how God is uh, directed and, and led and worked in their life. And it's always interesting when you look back on your life to see uh, experiences that God let you be a part of and how that prepared you for something you never thought was going to happen or something you could have never experienced and, and just the, the sovereignty of God and how God works in our life. And, and we're going to see that in the book of Jonah here this morning. So uh, we're going to read uh, verses 1 through uh, 16, but, you know, I really can't stop. We're going to read 1 through 17, all right? Verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. It's, it's interesting, and we're just kind of, I think we're just going to talk through this this morning as, as we've been in this verse. But uh, just to point out again, the wickedness of these pagan people, We understand that God is just and and that he must punish sin. But we should all be thankful this morning that not only is God just, but God is merciful. And in God's mercy, he's calling a prophet, Jonah, to be on mission with him to tell these pagan people that God loves them. And the reality is, however it was that you heard about Jesus... It was because God had a heart of mercy for you that he sought you out. For God so loved the world, God so loved you, he sent Jesus. So he sends, He wants to send Jonah, verse 3. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with him to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Again, he's running from God's call in his life. Verse 4, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so the ship was about to be broken up. So this storm uh, that Jonah is going through, who brought the storm upon Jonah? It was God, wasn't it? But the Lord brought the storm. And I think that's maybe one of the number one questions or thought. We all kind of have questions when we go through storms in life, like why, what, who, what's it for? And in this particular case, in the life of Jonah, God brought the storm in his life, didn't he? Now, when we look at the the life of Job, God did not bring the the storm to Job. Who brought the storm to Job? It was Satan himself. Satan was attacking him. So think about the fact that God brought the storm to Jonah. Continue reading verse 5. Then the mariners and the sailors were afraid and every man cried out to his God. So they were what is known as polytheistic, many gods And threw the car- they threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea that they might lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down in the lowest parts of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. Last week Dave and I were kind of just talking through Jonah and and he had mentioned that he was listening to Greg Laurie was, was preaching also through the book of Jonah. He pointed out something in this verse. So let's read again, verse 5. And the mariners were afraid. So the storm is, is it's going crazy, right? The storm is crazy. The, the, the sailors, now let's think about this for a moment. The sailors are, uh, guess what? This is going to be deep thought. They're sailors. They're used to storms on the water. Are they acting like they're used to this? No, this is a great storm. They're fearful. They're throwing things overboard, and they're in a panic. And where's Jonah? Asleep. Let's think for a moment who the sailors maybe could represent today. Maybe the sailors represent our world, the people we come in contact with and they're afraid, and they're frantic. They don't have purpose. They don't have meaning. They're afraid, fearful. And they don't know what to do. And they don't know God. And maybe Jonah represents us as believers. And as the world is crazy and fearful, and they don't know God, and they don't know what to do, What's the church doing? Sleeping. It, isn't that a sad reality of a picture of us as a church? Let's continue reading. Verse 6. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. Like this sailor has more faith in Jonah's God than Jonah has in his own God. They said to one another, come let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and fell upon Jonah. And I think I've referenced this already, but basically casting lot was like rolling of the dice and so uh, in many cases they would assign a number and whatever number came up on the dice, then that was either, you know, great for you or bad for you. And in this case, it was not so good for Jonah. Was was the rolling of the dice even necessary? Was casting lots necessary? It wasn't. The sailors didn't know why the storm was there, but guess who did know? And even the fact that these sailors have to cast lots to find out what the issue is reveals even more the depravity and the darkness of Jonah's heart. Jonah has the answer. He knows the answer. And he just sits silently. Verse 8, then they said to him, please tell us for whose cause is trouble upon us. What is your occupation and where do you come from? What is your country and what people are you? Jonah explained what's going on, verse 9, so he said to them, I am a Hebrew, I am a Jew, and I fear the Lord, and, and I would question, does Jonah really fear God? God's told him to go to Nineveh, and what's he done? Got in a ship and gone the opposite direction, as far away as he can get from the call and the presence of God in his life. But yet here we see, or it's said, Jonah feared God. The God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. The very God, he's telling them, the very God who created this sea is the one I'm running from. Verse 10. The men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? For the man knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. And they said to him, what shall we do? You see, you do to you, that the sea may calm for us, for the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, and the sea will become calm for you. For I know this is a great tempest because of me. And it sounds kind of heroic, doesn't it? Jonah said, Pick me up and throw me over. The storm will stop. And I would question Jonah if, if... Why not just jump? He doesn't care enough about these men to even jump himself. Again, I think, does that represent us? Verse 13, look at their response. Throw me over. Verse 13, nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to the land but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. So Jonah has said, if you'll throw me over, the storm will stop. And what is their immediate response to the knowledge, to the information that all we have to do is throw Jonah over and the storm will stop? What is, what is their immediate response? Is it to throw him over? No. What would my response be? Throw him over. Throw him over. But what what is their response? They begin to continue to work hard and to try to row, and they're trying to save Jonah's life. They cared more for Jonah than Jonah cared for them. That's a sad truth, isn't it? Verse 14, Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. And do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. Do you, do you see these pagans have responded in prayer to Jonah's God in spite of Jonah's weak faith? So they picked Jonah up and threw him into the sea, and, they see, and they cease, the sea ceased from its raging then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Wow. In Jonah's disobedience and lack of faith, God still revealed himself to these pagans, didn't he? God's missional, did not he? Jonah thought the storm was for him, but maybe the storm was for the sailors. Because the very storm that threatened their life was actually the storm that saved their life. The storm brought them to Jesus, brought them to the Lord, and, and maybe today the storm you're in could have the same result. Again, we've we got to finish the chapter, right? Verse 17, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So, so look at your bulletin. Let's, as we've walked through this, let's, let's fill out the information here. What, what can we learn? What can we glean from these three storms? What can God reveal to us? Because I believe that, again, either you've just come out of a storm and maybe there's some lessons that you could still learn from it. You're in the middle of a storm and you need to learn the lessons now. And, or you're about to enter a storm and maybe this will prepare you for what God has in store for you. Number one truth. Storms are always under the control of a sovereign and merciful God. God. So in the case, we said, in this case, God caused the storm to come to the the sailors and to Jonah. In the case of Job, Satan brought the storm upon Job as a testing, as a temptation. But even in the story of Job, you remember when Satan came and God put parameters on the storm? Which leads us to the next statement there. This is a quote by Josh Smith. He said this, In the midst of the storm, you can be confident God is controlling the strength of the wind, the height of the wave, the depth of the sea, and the duration of the storm. What a comfort to know. Brandon mentioned that, the, the sovereignty and the omniscience of God to rest in the fact That God knows what you're going through. And God is merciful and gracious and good. And all things work together for good, for His glory. It just kind of should, if you're in a storm, it should just bring this peace. God's got this. God's got it under control. Number two, Every storm reveals our heart towards God. Every storm reveals our heart to God. No, number one here, it says, Jonah, so we have one storm but two responses, right? Jonah would rather die than to share his faith. It revealed his heart, didn't it? There was opportunities along the way for Jonah to say, okay, it's me. God, I'm sorry. The sailors, they repent in faith and call upon God. Their hearts were open. In spite of a hard-hearted prophet who's disobedient to God, God reveals himself to the sailors, and they responded. God's on mission. If, If you don't know God, God wants you to know him. He's seeking you. Every storm reveals our heart towards God. The third one, storms are always an opportunity to know and to embrace God we said this the first week right so Jonah knew the heart of God but Jonah did not embrace the heart of God God wants to reveal to you so maybe in the storm that you have this morning the one you're going through today God wants to reveal himself to you and you have an opportunity as we go through storms in life I'm either going to embrace God's heart and respond in faith and learn what he wants me to learn and and ultimately what God really wants from you through a storm is he wants you to just to lean in a little closer. To know him more. To experience him more. And I've asked our missionary Mickey Kofer, to come up. And the first time I met him he told us this story about a storm that he went through. And Mickey would you come on up. I've asked him to just share a few minutes of So a guy that's on mission for God and has completely sold everything out and and ready to gone across the world to Mongolia to do what God has called him to do, and even in spite of being exactly where God wants him to be, that doesn't secure us from storms. Because God wants to reveal himself to us in storms. In order to do that, guess what? You've got to have storms. So would you listen as Mickey shares his story? Mickey, thank you. My son's name is Jonah,
1: and his brother's name is Judah. Judah was 14, Jonah was 12. They finished their, um, their uh, homeschool year, and I said, okay, let's go on a horse track. We're going to go three days up into the mountains and just do what we like to do. And first day, we're coming down a hill. Jonah gets off his horse, and uh, his foot's still in the stirrup, and a dog comes running out, and the horse goes crazy drags him you know 50 75 yards the horse kicks him here and breaks his jaw here out and uh, kicks him in the head and he just trampled and finally his saddle broke and by the time i got to him i'm just i'm flying up on my horse god help us help us lord help us and i got to him and he's a ball of blood and his jaws spread and and my oldest son's over him jonah don't die don't die don't die jonah i'm sorry for everything i've done to you wrong and it was just a real heavy situation, and the, the our, our guide ran across the the permafrost field and got this. Uh, we just happened to be at a gear camp across from one, and they brought a little flatbed truck, and we got him in that, and Jonah's moaning, and he's unconscious, and we're going through the permafrost field, and, and his head's hitting the truck, and it's just a bad scene, and blood is everywhere, and and uh judah's is he gonna die is he gonna die and we're praying and finally we got to the clinic uh, our little hospital and and jonah they get him in there and they're trying to get the iv in him and they they can't get it and they're all scared and they're just jabbing his arm and i'm like oh, it's okay it's okay and then, then they got a funnel and started pouring water down his throat and i'm like oh it's okay this, this. they didn't know what to do and it was a panic situation and and the peace was unbelievable for us. And even afterwards, this is to jump four months ahead, the, the head nurse came over to us and said, you know, I don't know what it was at that time, but you guys were, it was just, she said, I just tell you this, it was like somebody was in the room with y'all, somebody we couldn't see. And then, and then she said, you know, when y'all left, the doctor, because we were the Jesus people, you know, the doctor said, wow, if, if that boy lives, there, God is God. And it was just, there's just dozens of stories like that. So, so finally we get the emergency. I said, Judah, go get mom. Just tell her to call the emergency flight. Try to get somebody from the UB here. And so six hours later, the emergency flight came. So it had been about eight hours now. And uh, we got him on the airplane, got him to the SOS clinic, the foreigner clinic. And, and they said they dealt with him best they could. And then they had to send him to the trauma hospital and said, okay, you know, he may not make it, you know, he can't stay here, we need to get you over there, and so they said, whatever you do, don't let him take this child's neck brace off of him, you know, so they, we got him to the hospital, and they wheel him out of our sight for the first time, and, and they took the child brace, and I seen two doctors in there forcing a child's neck brace on this, I mean, an adult neck brace on this child, and so I just busted through and stopped them, and said, you know, it's okay, it's okay, and just trying to protect my son and so we're sitting here and and we're we're in this situation and there's this guy laying over here on this bed and blood and everything's going on and there was guys out in the hallway laying on the ground and and my son's laying here and, and everybody left and I told Trina I said honey the SOS clinic said okay the only way to save him I think is to get him out of the country you need to order this jet from China and it's $68,000 you have to pay up front and then the hospital in Korea will receive you if you pay $20,000 down. So it's like $80-something thousand dollars. And I said, honey, you've got to go find money somehow. And so she went with a missionary and started making phone calls, and I'm there. And so for the next six, seven, eight hours, it's just me laying in this hospital room, sitting here with my son. There's no nurse. There's no doctor. He is drowning in his blood, and I'm trying to keep him from drowning. I don't know about his neck. and. He's he's peeing on himself, and he's thrashing, and it's just, you know, finally he calmed down, and I just started pacing. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. I've never been in this situation, Lord. And I was just pacing. I said, Lord, I can't help my son. I I cannot help him. I don't know what to do. I can't help my son. And, And the Lord just spoke to my heart and said, I've been right where you're at. There was a time when I couldn't help my son. I couldn't do nothing for my son. And I don't know, ever, I don't think i ever told anybody that, but I don't go around saying the Lord spoke to me, but if it was just a thought, it was a godly thought. And the Lord just spoke to my heart, and I, I just, the peace, the overwhelming peace, you know, it was just the Lord is with me. That's all I needed. He's, and I was just pacing around, Lord, you've been here. And it was just, the, the load was lifted so but anyhow, 40 hours later, we finally, actually, Trina couldn't find any money. We called a bunch of people, and she said, I just can't do this. Let's just pray. And, and so about, uh, I don't know, a couple hours later, a missionary stuck his head in and said, hey, Kansas City Baptist Temple sent $68,000 to pay for this jet, and they put 20000 on the thing and on the hospital, and the jet's coming by 11 o'clock. And so, wow, we got him to Korea after 40 hours, and you know, his jaw, they wired his jaw all up, he's unconscious, his bl- brain is bleeding, and I just said, you know, Trina's with him a few hours, we switched on and off in the waiting room, and I just said, um, I was had a time where I was alone with the Lord, and I said, Lord, am, am I missing anything, is there any sin in my life, I mean, Lord, is there anything I need to see in the word, I mean, any guidance, and I was just crying out to the Lord, and I just reached over and picked up my Bible, and I I began to read um, when jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw the great company come unto him and saith unto philip when shall we buy bread that these may eat and this he said to prove him when i read that i said oh lord are you proving me and i just felt lord you're proving me this is a test and i just i remember saying lord i hope i'm passing the test I hope I'm passing this test. I love you, and, and I trust you, and Jonah's your boy, and your will be done. If he comes out normal, that's fine. If he never wakes up, it's fine. If you want to take him, I, he's yours. I want him to be normal. I want him to wake up, but your will be done. And then I read this, For he himself knew what he would do. And then I just said, Wow, Lord. <laughs> Of course you know what you're going to do. You're proving me, but you have it all under control. You know what you're going to do. And I, I read on down, and I don't usually decipher the word like this, and, but I sure did at this point. <laughs> I felt like the Lord was giving me this. And it goes on to say, Philip answered him, A hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient to feed them, for every one of them to take a little bit. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There's a lad here. When I read that, I said, "Oh Lord jonah would give his lunch if you knew jonah he's just the guy that's the giver you know he's 12 years old and and i said lord jonah would give his lunch you know and and you know it's a very intimate time of of drawing to, nigh to the lord by myself and then i read this and jesus said make the men sit down and there was much grass in the field And i just thought lord you you are in control you're calling the shots here and 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 jesus took the loaves and and when he had given thanks, and then my heart just smoked me. I felt like the Lord was thanking me for Jonah. And I just said, Lord, thank you. And his disciples distributed, um, uh, distributed to the... And he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples distributed. And I just thought, Lord, you are such a God of order. You are in such control of this situation. I have more peace than I know what to do with. And, and it just goes on. And, and when they filled... Uh, and when he filled... And when they filled, well, excuse me, and when they were filled after they ate, right, saith the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. And I just thought, people are going to be filled from this accident. People are going to be helped. And, and I felt like the Lord was saying, I'm going to gather up the fragments of Jonah's brain because he had like uh, shaking baby syndrome. They call it diffused axonal syndrome where all those nerves were broken in two there and they just... They didn't give us any hope, really. They said they didn't think he'd even wake up. They just didn't know. And so my time, I'm sure, is gone. Let me finish. I'm almost done. (laughs) So it was just amazing, the peace and the guidance. And the last verse was in this truth. And the people said of a truth, um, this prophet. Uh, this is the great prophet that's come into the world. So God would get glory from it. So I just was assured of that. And then for some strange reason, Dr. Charles Keene called me and said, Mickey, I don't know what it is, but pastors are really interested and they're they're wanting to get involved with your ministry. And, And the ministry was birthed out of uh, the printing ministry was birthed out of Jonah's accident. We printed the book of John, and it was many were fed. And then when we got back, we had been teaching from creation to Christ who God is. And I had been telling them, you know, and bringing them through the stories of the Lamb and Abraham. And, and then I said, S- next Sunday, I'm going to tell you about the Deliverer. I never told them about Jesus, but I had let them up, and they were all so eager. Then the accident happened. And... They didn't see us for three months. And when we got back, we had a a group of people that were very eager. And I was like, they brought me a big sheep, the village guy did. I was the great father, and Jonah was the strong son. And we were just like the heroes of the village. And when I gave the gospel, 21 people got saved. And it was just amazing to see God unfold this. And you, if you, you can't imagine the stories that I could tell you along. And, and I just got to finish, but I'll tell you, we, we learned so much. We, he was so with everything you're saying right down the line. And, and I just have to leave you with, with this, this scripture. These storms, yes, they're difficult, of course. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amen.
0: Thank you, Mickey. Give him a hand. Thank you. Wow. I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes this morning. I and mean, I can't imagine what he must have been feeling in that hospital room But what he's testified to us today and what what scripture reveals to us that every storm comes with it an opportunity to know and embrace the heart of God. This morning maybe you walked in here with a storm. God wants to reveal himself to you. Maybe this morning God's revealed to you that you, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. God wants you to know this morning that he sent his son to die on a cross to pay the penalty of your sin debt and that if you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you can have forgiveness of sins. You can have a restored relationship with God, your creator. You can have an eternal home in heaven You could have purpose in your life. So I would ask this morning, would anyone say, John, God's revealed to me today that I need to surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you this morning, I would just ask you, would you raise your hand for a moment? I just want to pray for you. Thank you. Anyone else, just put your hands up. God's revealed to me I need to surrender my life. Thank you. Thank you. In the front, thank you. Anyone else, just put your hand up, leave it up for a moment. I, I'm just kind of scouring, the, just looking. Anyone else? Put your hands down, and, and here's what I want you to know this morning, that right in this moment, right where you're seated, you can surrender your life to God. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So right now, right where you're seated, you tell God that you're placing your faith in Jesus, that you're trusting in him for your salvation, for your forgiveness, for your eternity. God says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do it right now where you're at. The rest of us this morning. Here's the reality. Let me dispel a myth real quick. A lot of people will say, and you may have heard in church before, when you're going through a storm, one day you'll know why. Can I be honest with you? You may never know why. See, my hope is not that I will know why something happened. My hope is in the fact that I know a God who knows why it happened. Trust in God. Would anyone say this morning, John? I know God is trying to reveal himself to me. And what he's revealed to me is that I'm more like Jonah than I wanna be. If that's you this morning, would you put your hand up this morning? Just put your hand up. You're you're more like Jonah than you want to be. You're the one sleeping in the boat. Just put it up. Put your hand up this morning. A lot of us, just put it up. Your hand is raised to the Lord. God knows your heart right now. And I wanna ask you in a moment when we stand, would you come and seek the Lord? Have a moment with God that Mickey was talking about. In a moment, we're gonna stand and we're gonna have a time of invitation, a time of response, and we're gonna sing a song of worship. There's gonna be people here at the front. They're gonna be facing you this morning. If you would like for someone to pray with you, in a moment we stand. You come forward and you shake their hand and just ask them to pray with you. If this morning you would just like to come and to kneel and to pray, it's open for you to do so. God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercy and that you're on mission. Lord, I thank you that that through the testimony of of our missionaries to Kenya, how you always direct and you always work and you don't give up on us and you continue to pursue us. Lord, as we've heard of our missionaries to Mongolia, Lord, their, their story of your deliverance of their son and how you spoke to them and gave them peace in the midst of their storm. God, this morning we ask you to speak directly into our lives. Help us to respond in obedience to whatever it is you're asking us to risk this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. Again, we're going to have a time of worship. Dave's going to lead us through a song of worship this morning. If God's spoken to you, I would encourage you to come forward today. Dave.